Very loosely based on the 1958 Charles Starkweather murder spree, this film tells the story of Holly, a 15-year-old girl who meets Kit, a 25-year-old garbage collector. When Holly's father disapproves of the relationship, Kit kills him and goes on the run with her, heading for the badlands of Montana, killing local cops, his old co-worker, and a young couple along the way. Directed by Terrence Malick in his directorial debut, starring Sissy Spacek as Holly and Martin Sheen as Kit, with Warren Oates from 1973, Badlands. Anne, and I'm a mama. <laughs> Hi, I'm Brian, and I'm going to have to do a tracheotomy on you? Are you, are you okay? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I think I'm going to have to get into animation or something. I'm going to have to start doing voiceover for uh, small mice that accompany larger animals yeah, in cartoons. Like, is this one of the Rugrats that's on this show? I think it might be, because it's like, I think my voice is changing because I'm a small boy going through puberty. That's what I think this voice is. You said <laughs> it's not getting better, you guys. It's not getting better. It uh, will eventually get better, but yeah, um, yes. And this is Mama Needs a Movie, this especially is... right now because I'm yes. sick all the time. <laughs> this is like I feel like episode four of the, of of a cold that's been going on, or the after effects of a cold. Um, yeah, yeah. We're out uh, of the prequels. We're into the yes. main Star Wars. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you know, it's it is it's uh, we're coming out of winter into spring. We're springing forward, but we still have mm -hmm. that those colds left over. Um, well, Punxsutawney from... Phil said that there's going to be more winter, so I guess there will be more colds as well. Ah, bastard. Yes, that son of a bitch. Um, it's not him fault. He's just, yeah. he's just the bearer of bad tidings. But today we have a fellow sicky, um, <laughs> a re another real sicko, <laughs> a real sick sick lady that we need to talk to about this uh, amazing classic movie. Yes, today we have a great guest, somebody uh, that we've uh, wanted to talk to for a long time, and uh, is you know busy person takes a while sometimes to clear the time but but uh gosh we're, we're so excited that, uh, that she's here today our guest today is a writer a uh, storyteller uh, she's written for shows such as the big leap uh, f is for family she st she told stories for the moth you know like that's a big one it's a big mm -hmm. one when you're, when you're mm -hmm. telling stories but you know of all this stuff that she does you know what her most important role is <laughs> you want to take a guess it's that of mother Wow. <laughs> Please welcome our guest, Jessica <laughs> Lee Williamson. Hello, and thank you for having me, guys. Um, yes, Anne, like you, I've been sick for six months, going on six months, thanks to my kids. Yeah, I think I initially asked you to be on the show about six months ago, and uh, I, I've, I've really noticed that creative, interesting women are incredibly difficult to book because they're either um, taking care of someone or working or crying in the bathroom. <laughs> well, that's, that's, that's part of working. <laughs> that's an essential part of working. Um, yeah. I mean, I work from home and I, I, I you know what, actually I don't cry in the bathroom so much. I, I mostly do my crying on the floor. I really oh, that's good. Stepped it up. <laughs> 
ever since I moved into a place with carpet, I do my crying on the floor. It's more comfortable. Yeah. I like it. Way more comfortable. Way more comfortable. Imagine if you had a basement or an attic. That'd be a great cry space. You guys, that's like... Where my mom, she cry smoked on our basement stairs my whole childhood. It was oh, like, really? where's mom? You just open the basement door and you see her back smoking her cigarette. Oh, man. It's just shaking a tiny bit. <laughs> that's like something out of uh, John Cheever or something. That's a great, that's a great image. Yeah. That's a, yeah. Well, did you see? That's a, who's that guy? Richard Yates? Uh, yes. Uh, yeah, yes. that's, that's got Richard yes. Yates image. Yeah. 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 Very sad. Yeah. Well, actually in the, the movie um, After Sun. Um, that that image appears. Oh, it yeah, does. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen it yet, but I want to. Well, we might talk about it on here, but um, I uh, I'm always down for a lady who makes a movie. I'm mm -hmm. like, I don't care. I'll watch it. Yeah, I'll, yeah. Just, I'll give it a shot. You never saw Wonder Woman two then? Uh, I tried watching it. Mm, yeah. Uh. <laughs> I gave it a shot. <laughs> um, so. You have multiple children. Yes, um, I have twins. Yes. What is how is how is having twins? I mean, it's a I dumb would say, question, but. Um, well, like, okay, you know, I would say it's like really, really exponentially hard when they're babies, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Like, you got to get them like on the same schedule. If one wakes up, you got to wake up the other one. So you're like hedging your bets so that mm -hmm. you can sleep at some point. Um, and they don't. Like, I think people assume twins, like, want to do the same thing or, you know, they don't. Yeah. And so I never, like, took them to Target. I never took them to a grocery store unless I walked to it and they were in my stroller because it was like, how am I going to get them out of my car and then into a cart? Like, yeah. it was like everything was impossible. But now I would say I think maybe, like, in the last six months, I feel like it has flipped where it's probably easier for me than it is for parents of single children because they just mm -hmm. like lock us out of their bedroom and tell us to leave them alone and play together all the time. I mean, they definitely like fight. They've, mm -hmm. you, I, like, they were like slapping each other when they were nine months old. So that was like, I was like, oh, babies <laughs> are angry at each other and fight, but totally like they fight, but they also really love each other. And so I definitely like feel... I'm starting to feel the flip side of that other than like just the wreck that my house is yeah. all the time. But, you know, now I'm suddenly like, oh, I can do something like clean my kitchen while they're here where before it was like literally <laughs> yeah. impossible to do anything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's how I would describe it. I think. Yeah. That's were great. you, were I mean, you like, when you found out you were having twins, was it like, uh yeah oh no, because like, um i was like oh no to one child and i like <laughs> I know, I very reluctantly that. agreed to do it because my <laughs> husband really wanted a kid and mm -hmm. then when i found out i was pregnant i was like i'm not excited and i even mm -hmm. went in and like told the doctor he's like oh you look sad and i was like yeah i'm not excited and then he was like <laughs> i've got good news and honestly like it when in the moment that they told, I didn't even bring my husband because I was like so like already emotionally fraught about the idea of being <laughs> pregnant. Like I thought my life was over basically. Yeah. It was though. You're. It was. In a it way, was. yeah. Like life as I knew it was yep, for sure. Over. Um, but so like in a way it kind of 
like when he told me I was having twins, it felt kind of like he was like telling me I had AIDS. Like it was like, <laughs> this isn't good news. Like it just, yeah. I think also like I had like during pregnancy depression, I didn't get like postpartum depression. I was like, oh, yeah, really Pre, prepartum depression. Yeah. Mm. And so um, there was like no excitement. I didn't want to tell my family. I didn't want to, you know, like be excited. Then I was on my first television writing job when I got mm -hmm. pregnant. And so, um, you know, I didn't want to tell them because I was afraid, you know, they might think less of me or if I was yeah. like sick. I would like literally drive to work, barf in front of my car in my parking spot and oh, then like walk in like God. nothing happened. Oh. Um, and then I finally told them I had like the nicest boss ever. This His name's Dave Flabot. And he's like, he's just such an active parent anyway. Like, I think it is his like, you know, priority. And so I kind of like created all these fears on my own. But so then when I finally, it was like, you show right away when you're pregnant with two of them. And so like, I was like, I have to tell them. Mm. And I lied. Well, it was like, kind of like a, I just ended up telling them, I didn't tell them I was pregnant with twins. They were like, is it, I just said I'm pregnant. And then they were like, do you know if it's a boy or a girl? And I was like, it's a girl. And then I was like, now I have another lie that I eventually oh, no. have yeah. to tell these people that I'm actually having to. And they did think I was like crazy. Even my manager, I don't even think I told my manager that I was having to. I just was like so afraid people would be like, she's not going to be able to do anything. <laughs> we we, yeah. drop, we got to drop her. <laughs> <laughs> One baby. Two babies too much. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> How is she going to do this? Um, so that yeah, like even been, that might have been, dare I say it, you thinking that. It was. <laughs> it was like a lot. It's like a lack of faith in yourself, really, which I've, yeah. you know, like come to realize that you're like, I don't know how I'm going to do this because everyone was, you know, it was so wonderful. Um, but yeah, so I wasn't even like excited like the day before my c-section i just was excited not to be pregnant anymore but i was mm -hmm. like i don't want to be pregnant but i'm not excited to like have to take care of two babies but then as soon as i met them i was like oh yeah they are cute i do love them <laughs> and no regrets since that's good that's good because you know there's that what is it what do they say it's like is like two percent of people actually wish they hadn't had children Oh really? But that it's like a popular. It's like the greatest taboo of all. Oh, it's like say it. No yeah. one will ever admit that. They'll act like it and then have children who are miserable people. But they won't actually ever like. You're not allowed to just publicly say I regret having children. No, it's like the last frontier. Or like you're also not allowed to like try it out for a little while and then change your mind. <laughs> no, like it's, it's like not. if you have a baby no. and give it up for adoption immediately, like you're selfless and that's wonderful and you made this choice. But if you like try it for two years and then you're like, I can't do this. Yes. <laughs> you're yeah. really bad. You're, you can't lease you're a really kid. bad yeah. person, right? Even yeah. if you like tried your hardest. <laughs> you're like, I tried, I can't do it, but... <laughs> Uh, what are you gonna? Yeah, I mean, I think people do do that. It's just uh, we we don't know any of them because they're no. they're hiding out somewhere. There's yeah. only one uh, movie I can think of on the subject, which is The Hours. I think where Julianne Moore is just like, nope, and then uh, years oh, yeah. later, I, I think that's the one. It's the only one I can think of where a mom. I mean, dads take off all the time, but that's the only one I can think of where a mom's like, I can't do this. Right? Gotta, yeah, gotta, there's gotta, a um, uh, Barbara Stanwyck movie. 
where um, she wants to be an actor. And so she leaves and uh, comes back like 17 years later to uh, her her grown kids uh, because her oldest daughter is in a play. So she's like, okay, well, I guess I'm getting too old for vaudeville. I'll go uh-huh. home. But it's it is truly like a like a very hard thing to get over. It's like daddy's coming back, great, wonderful, but not the story about the mom that leaves and comes back is like well, Yeah, everyone hates her where it's like really <laughs> yeah. charming if if the dad yeah. comes back and Yeah. Or like three men and a baby. I would have liked to have followed the mom. And yeah. like well, what did what she do? What's the deal with the mom in that? She can't cuz she I she's... think maybe she like was an actress, like what I don't remember. Oh, I don't know. she's like <laughs> I have an audition. I'll be right back. Yeah. <laughs> and then she never comes back. Or she but does. she has sex with all of them, and that's why she gives the baby to them? <laughs> <laughs> I think you just wrote a new movie. Yeah, she doesn't no, know just who Steve the Go- Wait, She's is like, it I Steve Gutenberg, know. the father? I don't remember. Right. No, it's, it's, it's Ted Danson. It's got to be Ted Danson. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, no, but I think they all have sex together. Yeah. All of them. All the guys and her. And then uh, she's like, I don't know who it is. <laughs> You guys figure it out. I mean, I feel I feel like this movie, this plot could work, and you just have to do it before the invention of the paternity test. Like, right? Okay, we're yeah. all raising it together because any well, one of but you. But wait a minute, that was in that was from the time when the the like you are not the father kind of shows were on, right? Uh, I think it was from before you are not the uh, father. Yeah. Then I don't. Yeah. I don't know. I think that's like why you are not the father was like so exciting. Suddenly <laughs> they could, could yeah. tell. <laughs> <laughs> before it was like. Probably you're the father. <laughs> all you guys. She I don't said know. you were the dad. You're the dad. Yeah. No one. Uh, on Maury, they never did. I would always wanted to see that with an older kid. Like it'd be great with a 25 year old kid to be like, "You are not the father. This is not your father. I am not your father." <laughs> uh, Luke, I am a guy. Yeah. One I time, I, yeah. one time yeah. when I worked at for, for Funnier Die, we went up to Skywalker Ranch. This is a tangent, but we went up to Skywalker Ranch and pitched some comedy ideas. And the best idea that we pitched was Maury telling <laughs> Darth Vader, "You are not the father," and him doing like the dance, you know, like "Yeah, I'm not the father," whatever. And they didn't do this uh, comedy idea, but it would have been so good. They said no. Like, oh. They said no. They were not into it. They didn't do. They ended up doing. I don't even know what. They, I don't even think they ended up so doing funny. anything. Like, you, oh, want a, yeah. you want another tangent? I just yeah. learned about this. Um, that you can buy a trip uh, where you fly around the world and visit every Disneyland in the world. And you fly on like a chartered jet the whole way. And you get to go to Skywalker Ranch. Mm. And this all costs $100,000. Which to me sounds cheap. Yeah. Yeah, but and even cheaper did you see they're like having cruise ships now where you can um i mean i think it's like forty thousand dollars for a year that you just travel the world and live on the oh cruise yes ship. i saw that yeah my friend was suggesting that she do it and her oldest daughter was like no no you can't do that. <laughs> i was like genuinely concerned that her parents were going to leave for a year <laughs> She was like, well, we could trade. Your dad could go for a while and I'll go for a while. And I was like, I think you're just, your child is uh, taking I just, I seriously. hope like it <laughs> sticks around from when I'm older. That's all I'm saying. I know. Because I, I know. was like, yeah. that sounds I mean, it would like, be, be fun if you were an old lady doing that. Like, Have you like done that. much uh, much travel with the kids? Do you get them on planes? And- oh, my God. Um, 
Not really, because it's mm. not a vacation, Ryan. It's oh. like easier to be in my house where I have like what I need and it's childproofed. So like the only way it feels like vacation if is if we're around cousins who mm. will watch mm -hmm. them and play with them. So that's like primarily what we do at this point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've never flown with them by myself yet. Uh, I don't feel quite brave enough to do it yet, but maybe we'll try this year. And really the only place we've flown to is Maryland. And then during COVID, we got a little camper and we drove cross country with them and rented a house in Maryland where my family lives for mm. like a couple months just because we could. it was like the only time that we could ever work and live near them. So we did that. And um, it would have been way more fun if COVID wasn't happening, but yeah. it was an adventure. Oh, that's a so then you too have taken a road trip like this movie Badlands. <laughs> oh, I um, see what you did there. Yeah, yes. only, only, yeah. You know what I like? I like to segue. I'm sorry, <laughs> I like it. Um, but you're, in, you're standing on a segue too. That's what people don't yeah, know about yeah, this. Yeah. Is. That part, that's, that's, that's me. <laughs> but what was your first encounter with this movie? What made you, um, I know that you, you talked about a TV show that you were watching. Oh yeah, okay. So when um, Anne and I were, I was finally like, I can finally do the podcast we were trying to think of a movie and like two nights before I had just watched this documentary series called the 12th victim, yes. which was about the story that this, it, this and so many other things have been based on this and natural born killers. And, um, this is a story of, uh, Charles Starkweather. Yeah. And yeah. I forgot what his girlfriend's name was, but she was a 14 year old girl and he was, yeah. you know, a grown man. And uh, she went to prison for a long time because everyone said that uh, she was in on it. And uh, her name's like Carol Ann Fugate. Yes. yes. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, um, but she was 14. And I don't know. It, it kind of like tells the story from like the point of like that they kind of created this narrative around her where she was actually in truth, like kidnapped from this man mm. and feared for her life. And, you know, he had lied to her and told her he killed her parents, but he told her that they had been kidnapped and that they were, they would be safe as long as she went with him. He killed her parents and I think a uh, sister or whatever. And then, mm. so, you know, she was like with him and scared but it was really interesting. And in it, she did talk about how when, you know, they had made like a made for TV show and, you know, like all these things that were like in the media, but that when Terrence Malick made this, he did consult with her a little bit on the, on the characters. And so I thought, I want to watch that and mm -hmm. see how it's portrayed, you know? And also like, I've never really watched old, old movies that are like, you know, thought of as like really good movies, but I always mm -hmm. want to. And so that was like another, another appeal to it. It's, it's, a, <laughs> it's a good yeah. one. That's It's a good, it's an older one that's considered good. It um, is. So yeah. This begs the question, what old movies that are bad are you watching? <laughs> I'm not watching any old, I mean, I'm not watching many movies guys yeah. to truth be told. Um, but you know, like, no yeah, like I, classics, like I didn't go to film school and I didn't, like oh, I me. like I think where people like go study. Yeah. Did you sure. go to film yeah. school, Anne? Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Where, you know, people show you movies and, you know, you talk about them or anything like that. So I think I've watched Chinatown. I don't I'm not sure that there's any other 
really old ones that I've ever... Yeah, but do you think he should remember it? It's Chinatown or... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think you know. Or should should Jake just forget it? Should he forget (laughs) it or should he remember it? What is the final line? Is it remember everything, it's Chinatown? Yeah. But so that's such an interesting way to go, to be interested in it. I just realized you listing those movies off that that, um, Juliette Lewis played, essentially played this character twice because she played her in... California, uh, with a K, with David Duchovny, mm. Brad Pitt, and also in Natural Born Killers, which is actually really weird that there was a chunk of time in the 90s where this story was like her being like, uh, like a sexy vixen kind of character was very popular for yes. right. some reason. The true yeah. Romance also, T- Tarantino yeah. wrote True Romance and then wrote Natural Born Killers, which the film ended up becoming very different than his script. But uh, I think both's kind of inspired by this. Yeah, like, you know, it's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot that's, so, for yeah. a short period of time. I did something quite bizarre last night, which is I watched Badlands, which I have seen before uh, a couple times, and then watched Natural Born Killers. <laughs> Ooh, that's smart. Which Are you I've, okay? <laughs> which I've never seen before. I've never seen all the way through. And God, it was not a pleasant experience. At <laughs> uh, a very, biz- really quite strange to watch both back and forth because Badlands is such a lyrical, uh, in a way, it's kind of a sweet movie in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and I'm curious to see how it relates to the, what, you, what you now know as the real story watching this 12th victim um uh, documentary and the natural born killers just being the hugely over the top satirical hyper violent hyper unpleasant uh grotesque nauseating version of the story does badlands strike you know having seen or have, having seen a little bit closer to the real version of events how do you think Badlands comes off in the in the is, in terms of factuality? Like, did it strike you as false? Did it strike you as uh, you know? It struck me as like, and I I mean I think a lot of people wrote this, but like kind of just not giving an opinion either way. Like mm. you you could see both sides to it. That she's kind of you know like I mean boy, she's really naive, you guys. Mm-hmm. Which I believe because it takes place in the 50s and in, you know, North Dakota. And I just think of the stories my mom tells me about when, you know, she was growing up in the 50s. She grew up in Cuba, but still like, you know, oh, really? she was like equally naive, I would say. That I was like, I don't think any 15-year-old would be be this naive at this point. You know, yeah. like kind of like when he shot her dad. Mm-hmm. It's it's not it doesn't seem like it's clear to her that he died. Where she's like, is he going to be okay? Yeah, yeah, you know, like it doesn't seem clear. And then he kind of like comes up with an excuse, and she seems like so childlike that it's like if you thought about like a little girl being, you know, with her father or something, and him having to do stuff, and you should kind of just like list. She just takes his word for it, and then kind of slowly, you know, becomes a little bit. It seems more aware, but I, th- I I don't think he played it hard either way. You know, like he yeah. kind of like left it much more ambiguous, which I think is way more generous to her than any other director oh, has been okay. in the sense that, you know, it's like he left the room for you to see how she could be feel stuck in this. But 
also, I, I, I don't know that I think he like based it truly on the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think it seems like at the time it would have been people alive at that moment would have been able to remember what this story is probably referencing, right. but not like, I thought the one element of it that I had forgotten, because I have seen this movie a bunch of times, I actually went to a screening of it that Terrence Malick was at. Which I was, was at that cool. screening. Yeah. This is, this is back it's back during a shameful period when Anna and I dated. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, we we yeah. went to a screening of this movie together. Yeah, That's but we only did that sort of thing. We yes. only went yes. to movies together. It doesn't come up often on the show, but yes. And had yeah. Oscar parties because I went to yes. your Oscar parties. We had party. Oscar parties. Oh, I mean, we could still have Oscar parties. That's all those things actually we can maintain. Going to movies, Oscar parties. Um, but I thought her father uh, being so upset with her that not even so upset, just so you've broken the rules, hanging out with this guy that I don't approve of, that I'm going to kill your dog. Yeah. Mm. is like that actually, which I didn't remember, was just like, oh, there's a logic in this, that this person is naive about normal behavior in men. Right. That she That you could see how she's like, well, I don't really see this, because what else? Well, it's like, you know, that... That sort of like improv-y thing of like, well, what else? If this person does this, what else do they do? Like, what else? What If this is true, what else is true? And if her dad is behaving that way, what other things has she learned are normal for men to be doing? And then why is she attracted to this guy? Probably because he has something in common with the only guy she knows. Yeah, I mean, he's you're saying that he's probably like a violent man, or in some basically, basically yeah, Warren Oates that plays the father here. He's, if he's yeah. cruel enough to kill the dog, he's probably cruel enough to let his aggression out in bad ways, you know. Yeah, but, but also it's, it's also it's Warren Oates, so I'm just like I know you're up to no good. Here's the thing: you're all you're already Warren Oates. That's strike one: is that you're Warren Oates. Uh, Sorry, that so yeah, but I thought that that was interesting. Within like, I think the first couple lines of dialogue is she talks about how her mother has died, mother passed away, and she's, the father kept the wedding cake in the freezer for years, and he could never, I think what she says is he could never be consoled by like the little stranger he found in his house. She always felt uh, not quite like his daughter. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, beautiful poetry in this movie. Uh, but it's so uh, but, odd the way yeah. it starts for a yeah. movie that's 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 so extended and takes its time with everything. I was like, I rewound it and I was like, did I miss something? Because it just starts with her sitting on the bed, to, hanging out with this giant dog, big old black dog, and she's well, which is like something something bad's gonna happen. There's a mm. figure of a giant like a Cerberus kind of creature. But she just starts out saying like, well, and then my mom died. And then this is like, what? I mean, it's sort of a synopsis of her, her up until that point, I guess. But right. um, it's a strange beginning. Or he got the note. Like he did, he maybe he shot like 30 <laughs> minutes before that. And then yeah. like, can we just get to the point where they meet? And then that's <laughs> where the voiceover was introduced. Cause it was like, okay, well I can, <laughs> yeah yeah you know what's um, funny about this movie too is that i read that that it was released as a double bill with blazing saddles <laughs> uh, did you wait i was gonna ask you this this is like perfect do you guys did you feel it was intentionally funny at all 
I think uh, so. Yeah. 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 Right. I, I think the yeah. part where she, where at the end when she's just like, "I'm not going with you in the car. I don't want to. I don't want right. to do that anymore." And he and and he's like, "Oh yeah, I'll meet you. I'll meet you." Uh, um, at the in, dam in, or something. In like oh, yeah, yeah. Grand Holy yeah. Dam, uh, in 1963. <laughs> yeah. He does like, a before sunset on her. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. that part is funny because because he's so he's per, he's pretending to be James Dean so hard mm-hmm. that he doesn't he just like he doesn't care he just doesn't care about really anything, right? Or like yeah. when she's talking about watching him drown in the yeah. water, you know what I mean? Like it yeah. felt it kind of felt like a little bit. It was like to me not knowing like directors i'm just going with like what my feeling was like if alexander payne directed natural born killers to me like (laughs) like you know like the visuals and then also just like the very understated matter of fact yeah that felt kind of funny which is kind of disarming right oh yeah i mean it does have that it does have a slight like about schmidt feeling to certain Certain things that they're talking about in there. There's but great I, character moments. He, I mean, Martin Sheen's so fun. I think he's really funny in this movie. Is, yeah. I mean, he has just a ton of lines that are kind of just like dumb guy. They're like classic, just dumb guy lines of not understanding things. And uh, there's a great part in the beginning. There's a great joke in the beginning I just noticed, which is when he's he's quitting that one job and he tosses some keys into like a vat yeah. of oil or something. And the guy picks up the keys and throws them at him. And then he turns around and I think because the guy's scared, he goes, the old man says, I got my dog, which yeah. I, I, he's basically saying, don't kill me because I have a dog here or either that or. No, I think he's saying my dog is going to attack you. Oh, yeah, he's yeah, like, yeah, I got yeah, my dog. Yeah. yeah, yeah you can't fight dog, yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That whole, uh, that whole yeah. ca- like weird casualness of him. He's like, uh, he's a trash collector. He's throwing away trash. He's going through the trash. He's getting, he has takes on everybody. And then he's just like, yeah, he literally just says, I'm, I'm, I'm about done collecting trash for today. Right. I wish I could quit that easy. I, I think I spend too much time thinking about how to quit a job. Yeah. I mean, you there's walk out, kind of, you know, kind of delightful about a person who's like, I don't think about consequences at all. I just move in one direction only. Right. There was a second where I was like, is he just doing this as a hobby? Like, does he not? work for the trash company that's like why the driver hates him (laughs) (laughs) yeah he was like hops on goes through people's trash it was just like a split second Um, it did but it did feel like a guy who had who was like he was sort of in his own movie right um and then when they go on the run like he kills the dad they go on the run and then they go to the his co-worker's house his trash collecting co-worker's house and that scene is so great. They're just all sitting like in different height of chairs, eating like tomatoes and beans. Mm-hmm. And there's no one else around. And you just know this is going to end badly. But it's so uh, peaceful. Like the whole movie is so strangely peaceful. Mm-hmm. This is the movie is primarily South Dakota. Uh uh, but sort of a road trip through these quieter towns. Is this something that you, that when you look at it, 
I don't relate to this at all. I've never had, I've never sat in a yard and just had a nice time with a dog or, or anything like that. Never. Uh, <laughs> no, no, not really. My upbringing was more suburban and my, and since being a late teenager, I've, I've been, a, it's been a more urban existence in LA, Los Angeles and, you know, places like that. But is this like an environment that you relate to? Are these the kind of people you relate I to? I would say I'm not on that scale. And I think that has more to do with um, the difference in time. But I did grow up in like a very rural area of Maryland. Oh, okay. um, Like um, farm towns, you know, there's like nothing to do. Uh, so you kind of like have to be bad in order to feel like you're alive type mm -hmm. situation. Mm. And also the other thing that I think like I understood was like, um, this is, I don't know how to articulate this, but kind of like having a longing without having the context for what that longing is or what could satiate it, mm -hmm. right? Like it seems like, um, well, Kit definitely seems a little crazy, but he also, you know, seems like romantic and, you know, like having this like elevated sense of life and adventure and all that, but never was in a place that gave him tools to explore that side of himself in a healthy way. Like, does that make sense? That mm -hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like, like he would also be like a tech billionaire or something. Like, sure. Who knows or, what yeah. this guy's ambition would be? It's just it ended up here and she's sort of she's it's like he stands out from a sort of flat world. Very distinctly mm -hmm. for her. Yeah. And for him, I think like it's like he doesn't have an idea of what to aspire to. Right. Like he doesn't he's not given that, you know, remove the obvious like crazy that he is. But yeah. And so, like, I, I definitely understand, like, that boredom and that, um, how that, like, gets you into trouble. And then also, like, you know, that kind of like that young, vibrant, like, being alive, but nothing to actually do with that feeling that you have yeah. when you're young. Yeah. But then she's also... I'm like he kind of negs her into it. He's like, "This isn't about sex, and you know, you're fine looking, and I could get any girl in town." And he's like, "I don't think that's true. I think that's no. false." But she thought that, right? She th yeah, she was like, "Oh, he could get any girl in town," and I'm like, "Well, where are you getting that from? Him, right? Like, he's kind of like well, it's a it's a weird move." Because she's 15. <laughs> I will say I did also date like older guys. Oh. Sig uh, like significantly older guys where you think, um, you know, like, oh, they're like, they're interested in me because I'm like smarter, or, like more evolved or, and yeah. then, you know, like in hindsight, you're like, oh, no, they... <laughs> They were just, they definitely weren't, weren't enjoying those conversations with a 16 year old. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's all. That's a whole thing that I think that somehow this movie really does evoke well is like she's with Kit and she's talking about thinking about her future husband. Right. So yeah, it's this yeah. weird thing where she's like, she's, she sort of knows that this is, uh, an experience that she's having 
um, but has some glimmer of understanding that it's not real. Yeah, there's a she knows it's finite to some degree. Saying, uh, yeah, but I she's not if, sad about it. Yeah. It's like I'm going to get to that real yeah. life. The man that is out will marry me is out there. What's he? Yeah. Is he thinking about me? You know. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So she doesn't. Ken, Kit's not the end all be all. She's not like in worship. She doesn't worship Kit. She just mm -hmm. thinks he's a cute guy that looks like James Dean, and you know, he kind of does. Kind of yeah, does. she's she's, he, she's supposed to be twenty, or she's she's supposed to be fifteen, and he's supposed to be twenty five. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and then and in real life, the uh, girl was fourteen, and I think the guy was like twenty or something like that. Oh, okay, and then Sissy Spacek at the shooting of this film, I think was twenty two, and Martin Sheen was thirty two. And there was a lot of grief, I think, about that he was perhaps too old. I think Martin Sheen even said he thought he, he himself was too old. I think he like took himself out of contention for the part. He was like, this is a great script, but it's, I'm too old to play it. Then Malik was like, oh, no, yeah, maybe we'll but, just make him, we we'll just make the guy older, yeah. you know. Um, and he's playing, yeah, he's playing a couple Well, I think old, it's yeah. like, it's because there are so few characters in the movie. It's like, this is, this is what a 14 year old looks like in this universe yeah we right. don't see any other 15 year olds in the movie <laughs> and i think because it's removed from from like it's the it's the 50s and the way she's dressed is like to me looks like a like an eight-year-old or something like yeah, children right. don't even dress like that now yeah. so it's kind of like a like all right yeah sure yeah i guess she said that this was the best movie she ever made yeah I think Martin Sheen has said has said the same thing. In effect, this I didn't something I really didn't understand about this movie until literally last night. And this again, having seen it a couple of times, I thought this was just a studio movie. I just thought like, oh, yeah. Terrence Malick made a movie for Warner Brothers, and this is it, or whatever. And this movie is basically an independent movie. Yeah, Malick raised a lot of the money himself, and the movie was made. I think the whole movie was shot for like around three hundred thousand dollars, which is like, wow. and, and kind of just raised basically by a producer and then warner brothers ended up buying the film but this is a really indie yeah this is a very very small movie and it speaks to like how accomplished it is as a, as a movie is how is just uh, it's it's so beautifully made you don't you don't even consider that when you watch it you just go okay yeah this is a you know this is as accomplished as any other movie that would be made in 1973 yeah. but it's um it was re really from outside the system yeah which is really kind of nuts yeah. So it looks, it really just looks so good. It yeah. still looks great. I mean, it's got this fuzziness that doesn't look like degraded or bad. It looks like, oh yeah, it's fuzzy. Yeah. Every, the dot, like her narration is fuzzy. It's all fuzzy. So it should be fuzzy. Yeah. They got that fuzzy filter on it. Mm -hmm. uh, Sissy yeah. Spacek also met her husband to this day, Jack Fisk, the production designer oh, cool. uh, on this film. Which is creepy because she was only 15. <laughs> <laughs> she was older than that. We already said she was 22. He was like, you're 15? She's like, I'm sorry, I just want you. I'm 22 years old. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's been a production designer on like a ton of great movies. And together they've mm -hmm. raised a daughter, Shyler Fisk. Or Skyler Fisk? Shyler Fisk, a musician, a country musician. I think it's Skyler. So he, he designed that tree house that they lived in. Because oh, that was yeah. remarkable. <laughs> Wait, like so, what? What is the time span on them living in that treehouse? Uh, oh, such a good treehouse! I'll move there if it's still up. 
Oh, that, so that, good. That's a part kind of when they're on the run. It's such a great sequence where they're on the run, and they're this is after he's killed the 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 father, and they're kind of domesticating, but in the woods, yeah. like uh, tables made out of you know like branches and sticks, and it's it's a it's a really and wonderful. He's a lookout. You know, he's got traps. Booby yeah, traps. and he's got he's got a little little hidey hole that he made. It yeah. really made me think. I was like, well, if this is set in 1958, and this is like around the time of Swiss Family Robinson, which yeah. was like a movie I watched all the time as a kid, and they have this whole sequence of like pirates are attacking and they need to stop the pirates, and I was like, huh, this is the kind of thing that they would have seen. Like, yeah. Yeah, like, sign of like silly adventure movies, and then that's what they're doing. They're they're playing that the it's a weird thing that's like he's referencing James Dean. He's thinking about what what that character is and playing it, and then they're both kind of like there's there's so much like people playing into something that they're imagining as a real thing, right? And they're actually killing people for real. Yeah. Well, at that point in the movie, he hasn't, he's only killed the father. And so you're right. like, <laughs> so it's fine. <laughs> so, well, you're like, yeah. you know, whatever, you know. Yeah, he didn't see that great. <laughs> yeah. he, he's only killed the dog killer, and Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Wait a so minute. You're, you're kind of on his side, yeah. to tell you yeah. the truth. You know, you're, you're like, yeah. you're like, I might be able to forgive him. He yeah. could win me back over. Yeah. 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 You know, if he yeah. stopped there, it'd be fine. Even you know. the bounty hunters, guys. Yeah, the bounty hunters. Also, are those bounty Look, hunters? Now we're suddenly like, police? now we get why Holly stayed with him. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I think he seemed like a pretty cool guy. I would have found a good legal. Okay, how, all we have to do is justify that one couple that he killed in the cellar. But uh, <laughs> that was the one, yeah, and so That's haphazardly, like, just like maybe killed them. It was just like yeah. close the doors and. <laughs> when you're like, oh, I don't know about this dude. You better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That was the point where I was like, he's crazy. <laughs> this, this, I don't approve. I don't like that. I don't like that. I think that was bad. I don't think you should date people like that. Like, Even if they can like like, tree houses. How calm the girl who's walking with Sissy, with Holly, like to her death, basically. Like, yeah. it's like just so calm and casual conversation. It's great yeah, because... They've never met a couple before. It's like a double date almost. It's like, you know, yeah. they're like, just for that brief moment, it's like they pair off or whatever. Like he goes, leads the the guy in and they, and those two girls get to talk for a minute. And it's, it, it is like, like being a, like, oh, so what's, so, you know, I think she's, what is she saying? She's saying she's something. She's like, I'm like a frog. Him. She's like, I just do what he says. Or, yeah, yeah. 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 She's like, well, that's up to him, which yeah. is very, which is like. Honestly, a thing that I've heard many women say about their stupid boyfriends. Uh, well, you know, he doesn't want to go there or do that. And I'm like, oh, shut up. <laughs> but the, I think what that, that weirdness of that scene too is like, they live in a different world where they're like, of course we're not about to get murdered. That's not a thing that happens. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Like everyone in this story when they get murdered is like, huh? <laughs> because they just don't yeah. live in like some they're not like they're also not people who are going to see incredibly violent movies all the time. They don't like watch Game of Thrones. So they're not, you know, like they're not in that mindset of of like 
slaughtering is just a thing you see yeah and before the age of tabloid and true crime it's like if okay if you're driving down the road and your car gets stuck on the side of the road i'm sure part of your brain goes to uh uh-oh i'm gonna get murdered by someone oh 100 it goes to like nine different movies i've seen about women getting murdered by the side of the road yeah but that wasn't always the case even if people did get murdered by the side of the road it wasn't the it wasn't yeah, in the yeah. popular imagination. Like people in uh, 1958 would have hitchhiked. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But you would never do that now. And I think that's something that is, that's evoked really well because in 1973, maybe you actually wouldn't hitchhike. I don't know. Wasn't there. But 1958, this is the, the concept that there's somebody just going around and killing people. Mm-hmm. But it was, was like weirder. Oh, I just thought of a good movie idea. Mm, okay. Oh, I wonder if I should even say this out loud. It's such a good idea. You should say it. Say it. Say it's, it. Yeah. it's Jack Kerouac. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or a Jack Kerouac type writer. Mm-hmm. Hitchhiking across America, writing beautiful poems and stories about it, but also a serial killer. <laughs> mm, I, I, I like it. I could sell this like yesterday. <laughs> Yeah, because it's like it's like uh, Emily Bronte with vampires or whatever that book was. Oh, Pride and Prejudice and and, and uh, zombies. Yeah, whatever. I said yeah. the same thing. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think that would go over great. I think that'd be great. It's like you. Was that the <gasps> show? You. Oh, you. You is no. about a you's a serial killer. Is a serial yeah. killer. Yeah. Uh, Penn ba- Badgley and I finally watched this latest season and no other seasons. And all I got to say is, my God, he has the most beautiful hair I've ever seen. Isn't that hair beautiful? Just imagine if he wrote poems. That's why I'm saying yes. Ryan's yes. movie would be a oh, hit. Oh, you're saying I actually have the guy for Wait, this guy actually seems like, this is too close. He's to writing beautiful poems about oh. America yeah. while he's murdering people. Yeah. He's a bookstore manager. This is already too close to my, my brilliant idea. <laughs> he's not a bookstore manager. He's like a bunch of different He seasons. was like in season one, I think. Well, I only oh, he's mas- is it now he's a university professor? Okay. So yeah. He's... yeah. He wears a lot of sweaters <laughs> and he has beautiful hair. Okay. I got a, a new idea. You <laughs> versus Dexter. Mm, Who but... would win? <laughs> I think... Oh, I think oh, okay. Dexter would win. I think Dexter would wipe the floor with you? I think so. What do um, you think, Anne? I think Dexter would win. Yeah. I didn't really watch Dexter, but I've watched a little bit of you, and uh, Penn seems to be a little bit too sorry to get away with everything. He's a little more emotional. Yeah. Like Dexter's devoid, like he has no emotions. So, yeah. He can think more clearly. Mm. Yeah, which is why I couldn't get into it. I was like, he's just going to be a serial killer with no feelings. Okay, I could I could match with one of those on Hinge. I don't need this. <laughs> that's that's some, a lot of people I've met in comedy. This, oh, this minus sure. the killing part. Those are um, the guys on Hinge. <laughs> the same guys. The psychology of of uh, Kit in this movie is interesting because he's like not he doesn't seem like really sociopathic. He just seems he seems really like trigger happy. Really, he seems yeah. almost like a guy who doesn't understand the consequences of. Of right. taking a human life in a weird way, which is, I don't know if it's a cop out. Again, maybe we're being, I'm being his lawyer or we're trying to be his lawyer here, but I'm like, the, he, he just seems like he doesn't get it. It's like, like he doesn't get the rules, you know, like, yeah, when they're hunting you, you're allowed to just shoot them if you want, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, 
Well, he's also supposed to be a Korean War veteran. Uh-huh. So, I don't know. I think because I, I think that the way that the story is told and part of what makes it so uh, pleasant to watch, even though the content is murder, I think is that it's sort of metaphorical. Like, right. he's not he's not really quite a person and she's not quite a person. They're both sort of, it's like he, he's like this more modern, bloodthirsty presence and she's like a small town. Right. I, th- I think there's like an innocence to both of them. Honestly, mm. like, you know, like in the way that, like what you're saying, like that he just like seemingly lacks the ability to consider consequence. Yeah. That it just doesn't, it seems like it doesn't feel, seem real to him. Remind me, did he seem like he felt a little bad when he shot his friend, his coworker? He seemed to just be sort of, um, no, he didn't seem to feel bad. He was just like, well, yeah, I had to do that. Like, he didn't really even have an explanation for Holly about why he did it. He was just like, yeah. That happened. Now I'm just gonna kind of sit and watch. Like all uh, everything past past the killing of the father, the, all the killings are just sort of like, well, we, we kind of had to do it. If they if we let mm-hmm. would have let him go, they would have would have yeah. been trouble, more trouble for us. So okay, but he didn't kill him. the rich guy. Didn't What's, kill the rich guy, with, which is uh, interesting. No. Yeah. Right. Yeah, uh, why doesn't he kill the rich guy in the? I felt like maybe it was something like he felt seen by him, mm-hmm. in a way, or like kind of like doing a solid for this rich guy, like elevated his status in the rich well, guy's so. yeah. mind, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but th- so. that guy yeah, was so calm throughout the yeah. entire thing. Not that yeah. other people weren't really, I mean, the teenagers seemed pretty calm when they put him in the, you know, <laughs> Everyone's for getting shoved calm. in. <laughs> yeah, but I get, I think it's just because they're like, well, this isn't a thing that happens. But I think by the time he gets to the rich guy, I think the rich guy is aware of who this person is, sort of, mm-hmm. because it's been long enough. But I think you're exactly right about that. Like, he's very pleased with himself to be like, here's a list of all the things I took. Like, yeah. like I'm actually at, at the same status as you. And, you know, that makes him feel better about himself. But he's like, he's basically like a rich guy now. Yeah. He's very comfortable hanging out in the living room and in the house and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And by not killing them, it's like, yeah, you know, because we're the same. Right. Like we're the same. And these lower status people who are trying to get me, well, they're just like dogs or something. Like I have mm-hmm. to get rid of them. Yeah. And he's kind of building up. He's he's sort of building up a notion of his own legend a little bit or yeah. like by the, so i mean by the end he's when he when he's finally caught he takes all those rocks out and piles them up and yeah he's he's like he's gonna he make says, a that's cairn where you, that's where yeah. you caught me yeah 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 but he has the thing with rocks remember because earlier when he go when they he takes her virginity he's like oh, i'm gonna take i'm gonna take this rock as a souvenir from this spot mm. <laughs> and then he's like it's too big <laughs> and he throws it and he's like oh let's get a smaller one <laughs> <laughs> that part is so funny it's like you are a fucking lunatic but this part is like yeah i mean that 
that's the kind of thing a normal person would do. <laughs> like, oh yeah. But then he has the rocks again, where he's like, oh, the rock. Like this is this is like a thing that he has to be mm-hmm. like the moments you got to get a rock. Yeah, you got to commemorate it with a rock. Yeah, yeah. There's this movie that I watched a lot when I was a little kid called The Long Long Trailer, with Desi Arnaz, Lucille Ball. Oh yeah, that's amazing. And she, I, I watched it a ton, and I grew up in a trailer, so it was like. It was like, oh, this is this is my story. This is me. Um, and she like she was very into collecting rocks, and she kept them in the trailer. And they were trying to drive it up a hill, and he's like, Lucy, you gotta get rid of all these rocks. And then she doesn't do it, and then they have all these problems because of the rocks. And that's that's where my mind went watching this. So I was like, Are oh, they the Lucy and trailer. Desi in the long long trailer, or do they play like other people? I think they play other people. But their, I mean, their their dynamic is probably the same. Mm-hmm. You know, like they're they're people who are gonna they're gonna go have, uh, you know, this new modern thing of traveling in a trailer, and and then there are problems. They like they try to cook, and the, everything's falling around like that. That comedy. Yeah, it's just trailer gags. Yeah, I'm sure there's other plot to it, but I didn't care about that. I think you I think you told me this. Did you you grew up in like an RV, right? Like in the desert kind of. Is that right? Uh, an airstream. An airstream. airstream. And then, way classier, excuse me, it was not an RV. <laughs> um yeah. but you did you I think you told me about how you used to like go rent movies. Is that, am I right yeah. about that? Like that that, mm-hmm. that was like a big deal every week you would get to go rent movies and then watch them in your in your trailers. In trailer. Yeah, well, I mean, we didn't get to go rent them every week, um, but we my dad copied them in uh in San Diego. Would like rent them and copy them and then we would watch like we got to pick one every Sunday. Oh, so cool. yeah, it was every week. Good memory. Very good memory. It's a good the weird backstory. Good st- storied childhood. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to be like it was a good childhood. I don't know, but it's a storied childhood. It's memorable. Well, you know, it's all different. It's all different. Like, um, do you think that if, when you were in Maryland, if this guy had shown up, how far into this movie would you go? <laughs> <laughs> this is a really good question, Anne. Um, I think I would have walked away after he shot my dad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> That feels like a feels like a spot for a lot of people to be on, right? <laughs> but but not one second before. <laughs> right. right, your dad is cold, slightly cold. And you're like, hey, I'm out, I'm out. I would have been like, what are you doing here? You know, like, and then yeah. all of a sudden you're like, whoa, yeah. And then I would have been like, this is crazy. I have to. I gotta go to the store. I'll be. I'll never come back. <laughs> Thank you later. Yeah, I feel like I would have, I think uh, for my particular life, I think I would have just never, I would have been like, nope, mm-mm. from the beginning. I think this is just not a, it's not a kind of like dangerousness that I, I guess I'm just not into danger with guys. I'm like, no, there's enough danger in the world. Thanks. Right. <laughs> I don't think, I don't think I would have been aware of the danger. Yeah. yeah. And t- you know what I mean? Like, I think, I mean, I, I 
Like when I was talking about that older guy, he was like a pretty big loser as it turns out. Oh, no way. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Shocker. Shocker. And I remember I was like at his house once and he had like where he lived with his parents and they were like fine with him bringing his 16 year old girlfriend over. But um, his parents. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, and he had like a box in his room. And I was like, what do you keep in that box? And he said, uh, oh, it's my guns. And I was like, how many guns do you have? And he was like, well, including the one that the Maryland State Police confiscated. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. And even then it was kind of like, oh, you know, like it still was a slow dawn, guys. It was real Uh, slow. (laughs) uh, uh, Yeah. Yeah. They're like, I don't know. He doesn't seem actively crazy. Right. (laughs) Hmm. Wow. And then my older sister, I was like, guess who I'm dating? And I told her, and she's like, do you remember when you were like in like fourth grade and a guy had to go around to all the classes and tell them why they shouldn't do crack? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, that's him. He was like. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Well, you know, you saw you saw something in him back then. <laughs> yeah, what guy local celebrity? He was celebrity? exciting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like the weatherman or something. Wow. Oh, yeah. This is not a, you know, like I'm saying, it was like a slow, it was a real slow dawn. Yeah. Because I didn't, you know, have the awareness. And it was just like, oh, this guy, like, you know, who's like older and smarter, even if he's like not that smart, he's smarter than I am (laughs) just by default. More, Um, more worldly. Yeah. Much more worldly. Yeah. Yeah. Now that you mention it, though, I did date a guy who worked at a casino who was 10 years older than me when I was, <laughs> when I was like, I think I was 16. And uh, he was uh, not the brightest bulb, but um, he lived in his parents' back house. <laughs> so what am I talking about? We're the same. It was like not even a full house. It was just like sort of a converted garage situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ryan, it, did uh, you date a old, older lady? I yeah. never dated a teen. I never dated a teen. No, but did you date oh. an older lady as a teen? Yeah. Oh, uh, no, no. I, uh, I That was my dream. My dream <laughs> would have been to have hooked up with an older lady as a... Yeah. As a team, but, Thelma? I didn't feel. Thelma. but anybody, I think I would, I, I would have, I would have liked to have had that relationship. My, 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 my theory is maybe somewhat controversially is that these kinds of dynamics, whether they're, whether they're truly, uh, take the illegality out of it, which is, I guess, is illegal if you're 16 and dating a 26 year old or whatever. Uh, but I think they're much more harmful when they go in the direction of of an older men dating a younger woman than the other way around. But uh, well, I may definitely be wrong weird about that. If you're a 26 year old woman dating a 16 year old boy, it's not. It's it's weird, but I don't think. I don't think. I don't. I don't know if. I think. I think maybe men that go through that that experience walk away with maybe less regrets and scars and issues with it than than women. I don't know. I'm I'm speaking right. purely purely hypothetical. When I was like a 26 year old woman, I don't think you could have paid me to babysit. 16 year old boy yeah that's gross like 
want to hang out. Like, I was just like, I don't want anything. I don't want to have to have a conversation with this person. So yeah, yeah I agree. It's like, it's really weird to yeah, me. Yeah. And, and well, it's also like all those movies about that dynamic where it's like, oh, you know, the boy next door with Jennifer Lopez and she's dating a teen. It's like the teen is played by a 30-year-old man because we yeah. know what on earth? Nobody wants to a 15-year-old boy. Yeah. yeah. Well, like the movie, I don't know if you remember Lic Licorice Pizza, but that's, oh, yeah. that's like, a, she's supposed to be like 25 or something and he's supposed yeah, to be Yeah, and she's 15. like, no, a thousand yeah. times. But then, but then in the end, they, it, they, it is like, I'll, I'll say that, you can sell that as a love story and you'll get people online saying like, that's actually pedophilia or whatever, but that's- Well, but they don't you know, hook up. They're just- they don't hook up in that movie, though. She says, I love you. Yeah, but it's, she, she it's says, like... I love you. She's very immature, and he's yeah. very uh, entrepreneurial. <laughs> so together, they figure something well, out. Well, he's... Oh, yeah. What you're saying is he's very mature. He's so mature, though. That's the... No, he, that's the he's excuse not, criminals use. He's not. He's entrepreneurial. Oh, okay. Right. So she yeah. finds him interesting, but they don't have sex, so that's not what it is. It's the... Mm -hmm. Because it would be bad. It would be bad. Right. It be it's like, not illegal for a 26-year-old to tell a 16-year-old <laughs> they love them. That's not no, illegal. It's not. Right? It's not. <laughs> That's not going to cause, cause <laughs> psychological damage. <laughs> Ryan, you can actually tell women you love them and they won't. I tell they, no they one. That, no, I tell no one I love them. You would think I want to spend time in jail? I tell no one I love them. No one gets the I love you from ORP. Do you think that I don't think they actually say that they love each other in Badlands unless no. I missed it. I don't think they actually say that. I think it's just like they're swept up in it. You know, I'm with him and then I'm thinking about my future husband and then that's it. Yeah. They have very romantic scenes. They dance to the Nat King Cole right. and the headlights. And I mean, there's some really, you know. Great music yeah. in this movie too. Yes. Really good. That theme that plays over and over again, I always thought was... Uh, written for this movie but it's not it's this this piece the version of it is from the 20s um mm -hmm. and it's called gassenhauer uh 1536 uh so it's this really old piece of music that like little dindling dindling thing that plays in the in that's the, like the, the theme I, yeah, true the romance theme. also uses that style yeah. at least yeah 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 which yeah. is cheating because this movie came out first you're yes. borrowing from a thing Anyway. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I didn't realize that that was an existing piece because it's so perfect in this to make it feel like it sounds like a music box or a merry-go-round or yeah. an ice cream truck. Yeah. It has that sound of like, especially like a music box. Like she's opening up her music box mm -hmm. to this experience with like, I imagine like when they bury a bunch of their stuff. Yeah. Because he's like, we're carrying too much stuff. It's like we don't actually see the image of it, but it it's evocative of somebody telling the story, you know, to her kids or something or other mm -hmm. uh, with this this strange like you open the music box and it plays and it's like, yeah, before I met your dad, um, some we yeah. I had some adventures. Yeah. Yeah. I guess as the lady, the real lady that this is semi based on, she did get married very late in life and then her husband died in a car accident i know she's so crazy mm, mm, yeah mm, it was mm. like she finally like had happiness and then it lasted like two years yeah 
Well, it's like the it's like the the loving case, Mr. Mrs. Loving. They went through this whole court case, the Supreme Court, and then he died in a car accident like three years later. What? Loving yeah. Mr. Loving died? Yeah, yeah, he died oh. right away. He died right away. Um, this the this the real uh, young woman served uh, real jail time, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because in this film, she gets she just gets off with probation or something. She's not a. Uh, no, I think this woman was like in jail for like twenty years. Oh, she was in jail. They said and one, the thing that I read anyway was that she was um, sentenced to life in prison, and then that was commuted, and then because she was a, a great inmate, um, her sentence was reduced. So she was in jail for like fifteen years. Good behavior. You can't, like, can you sentence uh, someone who commits a murder as a 14-year-old to life in prison now? I can't imagine that you can. Uh, I think you can. I think you can actually, yeah. I think depending on what state you're in. Remember how Roe v. Wade was overturned? But, like, oh. life is really <laughs> crazy. Like, life is. Yeah, but I think you can. I think you can actually, you, you like, because you can be tried as an adult, that thing. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure if you Googled right now, can you be executed at 14? Uh, probably somewhere, yes. That got can. turned over. You cannot, if you committed a crime before 18, you can't be sentenced to death uh, at the Supreme right, Court. Well, I think did TikTok, it's only a matter of time before. Mm. Yeah. Never mind. We TikTok, don't need to get TikTok bleak on here. Probably where it will happen. It will be broadcast live on TikTok. Oh my God. Ryan, that's your movie. <laughs> okay, we open on a future dystopia. The executions mm-hmm. are live on TikTok, everybody. <laughs> yeah, we have fan cams of the executions, yeah, with music <laughs> and 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 memes of them. Yeah. So something about girl, I guess, just being in California for so long is at the end when she says like he got the electric chair, and a few months later he died in an electric chair. I'm like, it's so jarring to me. I'm like, what? Someone got the electric chair. Like it seems, it, it's, I'm not right. used to people getting yeah. being uh, sentenced to death. It's so, and also funny. how quickly. No appeals. They didn't have any appeals back then. I guess. Yeah, yeah like, but I think that's true. Like I think he did die in the electric chair pretty soon after he was convicted. Like, yeah, that's just yeah. like if if in under two years to die, that's that's like a race to the electric chair. Like mm-hmm. this this movie has so many era specific things it's not i guess it's not all that long after it's not made all that long after the era it takes place in because it takes place in 58 right it's made in 73 but there's all these little things and these are things again things that i didn't even pick up on until watching it again was like when there's a part where they have to live on on the land and they're talking about eating salt grass and about how they're taking the the gas from the pipelines they're 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 pulling a drip gas out of the Mm -hmm. pipelines and using it to to gas up the car and there's all these kind of specifics about about american life that are um really i don't even know how you would begin to write them it's the kind of thing that i find very impressive as a writer because i i i I don't know that that's how you get gas i don't know that you can get gas out of a pipeline (laughs) like um, uh, I used to work in Yellowstone with this guy, like a really old guy, probably mm-hmm. like he was just like in his seventies. But uh, I remember he told he would he told me a story. His brother was in jail in Oklahoma, and he said he went to visit him, and that uh, his brother would wrap a piece of cotton around a, a coat hanger or something, and then poke like a broken light bulb 
to set the cotton on fire, and that's how he would light a cigarette. Oh, which I would never huh. like think of that. But he was like, that's how they all lit their cigarettes in prison. But you know, maybe Terrence Malick had people telling him stories about like, oh, we'd steal gas from, yeah, you know, these things where we'd kind of like hear stories from our parents. Yeah. In the, yeah, I think it's like a, it's 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 an amazing thing that's always true. Is like, give me specifics, um, and I'll. It's like it makes it seem so much more plausible that like I don't know if any of that stuff is true, right? But because it's so specific, I think it's true. Mm-hmm. Like it tastes like the salt grass. It tastes like cabbage, and I'm like, okay, now I believe you. Yes, that's what it tastes like. I'm sure. And I know you can eat it. <laughs> and like it because you've told me in such a explicit sort of way. What about the image of the fish? Remember at the beginning when she Oh, she threw her like, fish out? Also, it was like, what a big fish to have as a pet. Giant I know fish. She had a giant fish. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like a catfish, I think. Yeah. Uh she throws and then it there, out. Then yeah. there are the then there are the fish in the in the the little goldfish in the fishbowl. Right. After the dad dies. And I was like, is this actually so thought out that there's one, like one fish dies and then it's a sort of foreshadowing. (laughs) Maybe this is stupid. A lot of fish dying. It's like you told us that she feels guilt about killing her fish. And then we see a whole bunch of fish. Oh, right before they start yeah. going and killing a bunch yeah. of people. Yeah. So it's like if fish is a symbol of death, then we're seeing a lot of death coming up. <sighs> yes. She really killed that fish and uh it was rough. That was a rough scene, guys, just tossing yeah. it out on the dirt. Yeah. By the garbage bags and leaving it there to <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then it bonds her to him because he's like, Oh, it's okay. You know, she she like tells him her terrible secret. Yeah, it's a curious bit of dialogue. She says, she, "She says I didn't do anything wrong in that time except for toss my fish out, or or, or, or my yeah, fish when died." Yeah, got sick. Yeah. yeah, her the way she tells it is like, and then he kind of absolved me of that or something, you know. Like, well, she mm-hmm. says, "Yeah, I, 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 you know, I shared it with him." Yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, I don't. I wouldn't put it past Malik to have a to tie everything back to to nature and uh, you know. To Who find are the it. loaves? The Jesus we need some, we need some loaves. That's what the new one's about. He's making a movie about Jesus. I think he's been making no, it for a while. Like full on Jesus? He's making a movie about literal Jesus. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Who's playing just, Jesus? Brad Pitt? I don't know. I think he might have gotten some. I think he might have gotten the real Jesus. <laughs> oh, the guy from the from, from right. uh, Mel Gibson one? Uh, yeah, no, that guy just thinks he's the real Jesus. This is the movie's called The Way. This is, I believe, this is the next movie that will be released by Terrence Malick. It's called The Way of the Wind, and it's a guy called Geza, a Hungarian actor, Geza Rohrig. Rohrig will play Jesus. And Mark Rylance will play Satan. Uh, that's, well, so the real, it's, it's like, uh, <laughs> it's like Nicolas Cage playing himself in that Unbearable Weight movie. Um, um I want to get to the to the to Anne's um your your mama panic attack assessment of this movie. In in a larger sense, I'm interested Jessica in in your especially darker themes and things and stuff since becoming a parent like are these the do you find yourself shying away from this kind of stuff, attracted to it more? And also are you like a true crime person 
to begin with. Okay, do you want me to go first or Ann? <laughs> Ryan, you started asking me a question, and then you started asking her a question in the first of all, I'll just go first, oh, just and then you I'll go let. First. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, um, please, I am please. like uh, very much into true, true crime. Like mm -hmm. it's just kind of background noise for me all mm -hmm. the time. Um, I love crime, and uh, I would say that yes, having children has changed um both i think creatively and also um just my ability to watch certain things uh specifically like uh you know like true detective the mm -hmm. like the last season of it came out and i loved you know the the seasons before it and then it starts with like a kid missing or something like that mm -hmm. and i was like i have to turn this off i can't can't watch this like it really like shifted so to me it's like more like i can't watch things happening to children um are really difficult for me to watch now i would say where i think they were still difficult before but like in a way that it's like i literally have to turn it off where mm. i can't like fast forward although i will say like I quit Breaking Bad on the episode with the kid chasing the spider and I didn't have kids yet. And I was just like, I can't watch this anymore after I don't that. even want to know what you're describing. Okay, don't but go into any more I detail. think anyone who's watched it knows what I'm talking about. Uh -huh. that, but it, I feel that even more so. And then also, um, I think I have a little bit of like, a little more like, awareness of like stuff I don't want to put on TV. Like, mm -hmm. uh, you know, like um, I remember when we were writing something on F is for family, which is for adults, but I'm sure kids watch it. Right. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. someone had pitched like uh, this really funny girl character throwing a cinder block off a freeway. And mm. I just felt like you can't put that in here oh, because yeah. kids yeah. will watch this and you can't, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, I yeah. feel a little bit more of a responsible, like, I think I think a little bit more that, but also, you know, like I'm constantly like showing my kids movies from the eighties and stuff where mm. I'm like, Oh, maybe this wasn't like discovering too late. It wasn't the most appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> like what <laughs> i'm trying to think but like even like annie like that oh i watched God. all the time as a kid like it's yeah. like there's a lot of people who would not show that to their kids today the original annie um just in terms of like the fighting the you know what i mean like it's like it the shows are made just so much more differently where i'm kind of like feeling like oh no, should I just like fast forward this? Or like my kid will be like, can I watch Cruella? And I'm like, sure. And then I'm putting it on and I'm like, maybe I shouldn't have showed my <laughs> maybe. maybe humanizing villains I just assumed, is not. I assumed just it was on Disney. So like, sure, why not? I'll show you Cruella. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, I mean, but for me, like I think, I think it's like a typical Hollywood liberal. Um my aversion to things I don't want to like that are harder for me to like, I don't want to expose my kids to is like, you know, like my sister dropped an F bomb the other day and I was like, Oh, I don't care about that. I don't want to hear them to hear like racist or offensive yeah. words. Like yeah. that to me is more the thing at this point that I try to protect 
mm-hmm. um, my children f- from watching more than, you know, like just the worst of human behavior, I think, are, are the things that like I try to protect them from more. Yeah, because that's like something that they could understand and could affect them now, I guess. Like if you if you let them in on the idea that people can be really, truly terrible. Right. Then that's. Like, I think I saw stuff when I was a kid that was, you know, they were old movies, they were black and white, there was no cursing in them, but it was like Guadalcanal or something. It was like, wait, war? I like, just, it doesn't matter what it is. It's like that bursting of the protective little bubble that they have of like, everyone is my friend and everything is nice and everything's going to turn out okay. And... It just feels sort of like murderous. It feels it's murderous sick. and it feels yeah. also like it will stress them out. Yeah. And, yeah, and for sure. in a way that you're not able to explain like the nuance of things, right? Or in a way yeah, that you're not. Because they don't understand to... nuance. Yeah. So <laughs> it's like, I can't explain this to you because you yeah. have no frame of reference for but it. But also, so. like, you're right. There's no <laughs> rational reason for this. <laughs> yes. Like, but why is that the case? Like, she'll just walk out of, like, she'll start walking out of a store with something she wants to eat. And I'm like, no, you have to pay for it. And in my, my, you know, I don't know, overly complicated brain, I'm like, children shouldn't have to pay for food. You should just be able to walk out of a store. Like, we should just be like, no questions asked. Children can take everything until they turn 18 years old. (laughs) Like, who cares? Um. That's so weird. No one would take advantage of that system. I know they would. That's the thing. But if you are a child with child, like, like, if you're not already a terrible person, you wouldn't take advantage of it. You'd just be like, well, I'm hungry. I'll eat something. I'm done. You know? Yeah. I think even, it's even a little grotesque. Like I've, I've, not grotesque. It's just, I, I don't even like when I'm playing with kids to, to, talk about like even little little play acting games where it's like okay how much for that banana four dollars or whatever i feel like that's something about that always strikes me it's like you shouldn't have to worry about four dollars like you shouldn't have to worry about any of this well have you been to gelson's where they have the the carts for kids (laughs) yes they do have four dollar bananas but they also have a little tiny cart for little kids that has a flag on it and on the flag it says future shopper and I'm very creeped out by that. Well, you gotta get them started young. I love a, I love a little cart, so you gotta get them. <laughs> gotta get it into the consumerism young. So the question was the Mama Panic Attack assessment, also, um, which Jessica, you can weigh in on this movie too. Um, but you know, there's like the regular MPA rating from G to NC17. That's for certain kinds of content, but for me. It's what what is like, oh, whoa, I don't know if I can watch this kind of material or difficult or I think about it differently than in uh, pre-child days. I think sort of strangely, even those movies violent, it's almost like told in a way where like everyone in the story is already dead. So the people that are murdered are not in a worse situation than everyone else. Like everyone's dead anyway. They've all gotten old and died. And then some of these people in the story are murdered. And I think sort of getting that sense from it, it doesn't really bother me in the way that it should, I guess, because it is like 
I, if my daughter was 14 and started dating some <laughs> murderous uh, garbage collector, I'd be really upset about it. But this didn't really trigger anything for me. Could also be that I watched it along. I watched it many times before I had a kid. So I did I not watch to... it before I had kids. Yeah. So what was your? Um, I did not find it triggering either. I mean, maybe mm. uh, that answer would be different if I had like kids on the cusp of teenage years. Maybe, but I think yeah. like I also feel like at this point, my four year olds are, are already have more street smarts than Holly, and so I don't feel. <laughs> Yeah. Well, they've at least got each other to be like, wait a minute. We should fight. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, she's, I mean, it seems like of such another time, you know what I mean? That it's like, well, obviously it was translated like into the 90s version of Natural Born Killers and it could be translated into the version of now that would probably be terrifying to watch right oh like, yeah um, all about the internet and finding right. a girl on the internet yeah, oh, yeah. and yeah. yeah so i i think if i were to watch the modern day version of this like um it probably would terrify me in some way but yeah this one because of the setting and just because of you know the way that i i, I don't think people could characters like that could exist right now unless they were like maybe Amish or something like that like mm -hmm. um, it didn't trigger me in any way yeah well, I mean I, I gave it I'm in my mind I was like oh this is about a PG weirdly this is like a PG I think for mama panic attack assessment not for the actual rating hmm. PG yeah it was weird uh, Cruella gave yeah. me more panic attacks guys just gonna <laughs> yeah. tell you uh, See, someone pushes the, the mom over a cliff and my kid was like, what? <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. Mom death really gets me. Corelli's really. Gets really <laughs> Corelli's. It's actually pretty good, though. I, we didn't finish it. I was like, uh -huh. we can't keep. We, I think we need to turn this off. But I thought it was pretty good. I understand wanting to make a movie that sympathizes Corella DeVille. Like, okay. Really? That, whatever. <laughs> She's whatever. a lady who wants to make a a code out of dogs the the, <laughs> right. uh, the idea that dog that dalmatians kill mm -hmm. her mom yeah. is is out to lunch that is so insane like if i said to you five years ago like we're making a if i said to you in a in a, in a sketch pitch okay it's a movie about cruella <laughs> deville uh and you pitched uh Oh, I got an idea. Her mom dies from Dalmatian, you know, the the notoriously violent dog breed Dalmatians kill her mother and that's why she wants to make a coat out of them. You'd go, that's brilliant. That's hilarious. That's the funniest idea I've ever heard. And now is is the premise of a major motion picture. Mm. Cruella. Well, maybe um, you need to go with your first stupid idea more. Exactly. And then you'll Apparently. be rich. You'll I showed rich. my kids the most non-triggering movie I've ever watched with them the other day. And mm -hmm. The yes. Parent Trap, the original. Oh, oh really? Yeah, see, it's that's perfect, not going to work It's like a so perfect well movie me. to watch with your kids. <laughs> oh, right. That is. So that is triggering for you. That would be very triggering right. to be like, is, is there a way where... Right, like, you're right. There isn't. Nope, don't even think about that. Do they like the twins, the representation of twins? They loved it, yeah, mm -hmm. and the pranks. 
Wait till they find out it was a fraud twin. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, they can, you know what? They can, when they're in high school or something, they can do like a, the school can put on the parent trap. There's so many more twins now. I feel like that has got to be like a pretty competitive. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're going to have to fight all the other twins. <laughs> right. And that one set of triplets. Oh, mm -hmm. no. Do it in the Hall of Mirrors and you got yourself a real movie. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, that's. I think those those like old movies sometimes are amazing, but like that that um Swiss Family Robinson movie that I watched a lot as a kid. I started watching it on Disney Plus, and it has a disclaimer. Oh yeah, for the culturally insensitive disclaimer. Yeah, mm. and I was like, oh, that's right. I don't even want to have to get it. You don't even know how to oh. explain it. It's like you can't even. Yeah. How do you explain something that doesn't make any sense? <laughs> like, I'm sorry. I don't know. But eventually, as my therapist said, eventually that stuff you can show your kids and they'll be old enough and you can be like, yeah, this is worth having a conversation about what America has been like and things that, references that people right. understand. And we don't believe that. Mm -hmm. My kids don't even know what America is yet. So it's like, what? you know what? I don't think my daughter does either. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think she knows she lives in Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> she knows that there are other places that she's been, but I don't think she knows where she lives. <laughs> I remember when I was a kid saying in kindergarten, I think in kindergarten, and uh, maybe not kindergarten, I think it's first grader. So they teach you the pledge and uh, you stand up and say the pledge every day. And which I assume still happens in public school. But uh, I remember as a kid being like, what the fuck is this? Like, what are we doing? Like, we're we're pledging the flag? Like, it felt, uh, I don't I think even as a really young kid, I was like, this is weird. This is like, this feels like a form of supplication. It feels almost like something religious, which is that the right. religious is, it feels like a totally different thing. It felt like, what am I, what am I worshiping here? What am I reciting? Oh, it's you a know? false idol. Yeah, it felt it felt a little bit. Growing up in a Christian household, it felt it actually felt a little bit false idly to me. It felt like mm. what are we? And now we're now we all to say I pledge allegiance to the flag in unison. Um, uh, well, I don't know. I didn't. Born in America, yeah. Um, in America, you're on your own. In America, you're on your own. <laughs> oh boy. Maybe maybe now we'll rate Badlands. Yeah, on said, uh, a scale of one to four, something specific to this film. Ann and I will go first in our ratings here, but Jessica, your rating is actually going to be the official rating on this show. So your mm -hmm. rating cancels out our ratings. It also cancels out every rating that's ever been written yeah. on Badlands, which is a pretty major American it's a, film. It's so, a lot, a lot of different written, but yes, yeah, so a lot none. of words. Yes. But this is we're going to today settles it. Is this movie good or mm -hmm. bad? And how good is it on a scale of one to four? Something that you only find in this film. Mm. You know, we've already talked about dead fish, and that's, uh, you know, uh -huh. uh, that's murdered a... Murdered uh, fish, maybe? Yeah, a murdered fish. Yeah. I've, I'm a fan, of course, the scene where he shoots the football. You know, I'd I, 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 I rated out a shot football. <laughs> that is pretty funny. It's very telling about his personality that he's like, how do I solve this problem? Shooting it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, how do I... Yeah. Great. Not just dumping it out the car. Yeah, don't just place it somewhere for someone to find. I must shoot it. I must kill it. <laughs> Got to put this ball out of its misery. Tree houses. The tree house was magnificent. 
So I feel yeah. like one, I feel like each one of those is like pretty, like a treehouse is pretty, a pretty good scoring system. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. want that treehouse for sure. I mm. would love that treehouse. Would you live in a tree? Would you really live in a treehouse? Forever? Or would I? I mean, child me uh-huh. sort of had a treehouse, but it wasn't a very good treehouse. And a real treehouse would have exploded my brain completely. Mine mm-hmm. too. Oh my God. No treehouse? Were you also a sad child with no treehouse? I didn't have a treehouse, but I had neighbors who had like a pretty incredible treehouse. Um, just like with a secret hatch and, you know, big space. They weren't like much for like decorating and bringing the creativity to it, but you had all the bare bones there if you wanted mm-hmm. to. Truly all you need. Mm-hmm. And obviously Sissy's basic like the treehouse a lot because she married the guy who made the treehouse. Yeah. I don't think I've ever set foot in a treehouse in my life. Well, somehow this is not surprising to me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. I was just like, Ryan, no treehouse guy. Yep. Yeah. It's like, asking, have you ever been water skiing? No, obviously. <laughs> I don't know. Yes, I already know. Um, all right. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, the treehouse is the most. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think uh, this is four treehouses. It's just... It's somehow like a perfect little circle. It's just, I don't know. It's just weirdly like, it It seems like it's exactly what it's supposed to be. That's, got, that's the review. That's yeah, your I got, review. I got that's nothing. It's just you like, got it's nothing. exactly, you got no, you got no, it's no, like uh, so beautifully realized as yeah. itself. It's like, yeah. it's, it's wonderfully created and like, you know, Days of Heaven is a good movie and, mm-hmm. you know, his follow up, but, but but this is just like, it's it's just like, it's right there. It's just good. Four out of four. Um, yeah. um, I'd say, yeah, this movie is, the thing that came, that occurred to me again watching it last night was, I was almost like, it. this is, this is like, you know how people talk about the great American novel? You know, you've heard that, the great American novel. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is the great American movie, but it might be like the great American script, it almost felt like to me. Like this mm-hmm. is in a, in a very small handful of movies that I would say is just a great American film script that captures... And has a novelistic approach in a way. It's it's, it's it has mm-hmm. the, the there, there yeah. are moments where it feels like you're actually just reading a great novel, and 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 so much of it has to do with this Malachy thing, which has become almost cliche. This thing of like, oh, we're gonna show the characters doing stuff, and there's gonna be narration that sh- talks about their inner life. And I think for a lot of people, this has become such a cliche for Malik, and they they sort of don't like it when they see it. They maybe they. They kind of resist it or they say, oh, he's kind of going off in this really bizarre direction. I'm talking about movies like Thin Red Line or New World or um, The Knight of Cups or these more recent ones. Badlands is probably, I would say, debatably, is his most conventional narrative. It's the narrative that is the most straightforward. And you kind of wonder, God, what would have been like if he just made one or two more movies like this that were a little bit more just kind of straightforward narratives but had this quality of capturing the 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 inner feelings of people and the way that you can just you know you're on this journey but you're thinking about the universe and your place in it and where when you were born and when you're going to die and i mean all those thoughts that uh that float through sissy spacex mind you know as she's like on this crazy journey and i think like as you guys were saying like the innocence just doing a movie like this with no judgment 
you know it doesn't a movie doesn't have to judge it doesn't have to really come down hard or or, or be like well by the way this is bad behavior you know uh, mm. uh is re- is really remarkable so it's obvious i think it's a it's a for me it's a four out of four uh it's a four out of four treehouse uh, picture uh yeah well i'm not gonna um make any big changes to the all the historical reviews i agree that I would say it's a four out of four. Uh, very much agree with you in the in the sense that it feels like a literary piece, right? Even though that you're watching it, and that, well, I think Anne said that it's like a perfect circle. Like it feels like fully conceived from mm-hmm. image. It like every little piece of it feels so fully conceived and visualized um, that. I did feel like I was watching, like looking at a piece of art as opposed to just like watching a movie. Yeah. It's a tough thing to do. And maybe some of it is that it was like a personal project that he had so much control over and that he was innocent as a filmmaker. I think it's it's a good it's a good it's really instructive of how good a movie can be when there's no development people involved. <laughs> yeah. There's no one like my coffee's not hot enough. Oh, <laughs> if, yeah, this is what a movie happens when you don't have to take anybody any morons notes. Yeah, they would have been if, like, if, "Does it have to be a catfish? Shouldn't it be a goldfish?" Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's weird. I don't understand that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah do, we need, do we really need that voiceover in there? I mean, yeah. she's just she's talking about something completely unrelated. Yeah. Why is that even in there? Yeah, that like don't use narration. I remember from film school, and it's like. Almost every movie I really love has narration in yeah, it. Yeah, me too. What are you I'm, talking about? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's great. <laughs> yeah, that is weird. Isn't it weird how disproportionately, yeah, mo- almost every <laughs> I would say like, if probably like if I made a list of 100 movies I love, like 50% of them have voiceover narration. <laughs> yeah. Well, like this movie had a vague, have some sort of vague connection with like the 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 wilderness setting of it and murder and the um assassination of jesse james by the coward robert ford mm-hmm. that andrew dominic movie uh which is just such a beautiful such a good movie right mm-hmm. and it but the narration it it puts it in and the 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 focus was a tilt shift or whatever there's a focus thing in it that's odd that makes it feel like it's inside of a glass box um i think there's sort of like the containment the narration gives movies. It's just so. It is. It's so so um, novelistic. It's. I. I really like it. I don't. I don't see the problem. It's like what are we pretending that this is real? It's not. It's a movie. It's okay. Yeah, <laughs> I don't get it. I never got that. I never got that. Uh, that criticism or that rule. And also, to belabor the point, aren't we all narrating all the time? So isn't it the most natural thing? To hear a voice talking about what you're doing, because we're all doing that. Mother, father, why do you argue within me? Yeah, well, <laughs> that's what yours sounds like. Yes, mother, mother, the way of nature, father, the way of, <laughs> or no, mother, the way of grace, father, the way of nature. Oh my God, Tree uh, of Life, a, check that mm-hmm. one out, check that out. It's very long, it has uh, Sean Penn in it. 
Well, this conversation is going to come in just just a, almost on time with Badlands. Uh, yeah. Uh, and if yeah. you sync it up, you might get a little surprise. Maybe maybe it syncs up right up to Badlands. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jessica, thank you so much for, uh, for being our guest here fun. today. Uh, this has been a terrific uh, conversation and, uh, and with uh, many great insights. If people are curious about you or, or where to find you or, um, or what you're up to or where they can find you online, uh, what the kind of things you're working on, where do they go? I have a website, jessicaleewilliamson.com. Mm-hmm. I just went to it. It's lovely. It's got tabs and everything. Mm-hmm. Click on different things. Tabs, pictures. Yeah. stories i like it i like a website you know what i like a website i think it may it's so good and clean it's like you don't gotta go over here over there whatever this site that's you just go to my the your site you know yeah more people should Mm -hmm. have a website check out jessica check out uh the work of jessica if you want to follow mama needs a movie you can go to mama pod on twitter mama needs a movie pod on instagram you can follow us on letterboxd this show, you know, it has no, there's no particular genre or conceit. We sort of do whatever occurs to us, our, our guests every week. We're like Jack FM. We play whatever we want. We play whatever the F we want. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and so, uh, you know, we have about a, about a, we have a 90 minute discussion here every week about whatever movie we want and no one can stop us. Um, unless you leave us one mildly critical review uh mm-hmm. if so uh, uh yeah give us a review if you uh, if you if you like the show just leave yeah. us a review on itunes if you don't like the show you can share that with us privately um mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. yeah but that helps out the show too yeah thank you so much it's an amazing moment where there's a break in the clouds and nobody's sick and we can do this and we hope to do it again jessica i really hope right. we can do another movie <laughs> and i do like, too a year yeah <laughs> when this all happens again uh, Anne's got to go yeah. take her day quill yeah <laughs> yes. what do you mean nobody's sick you were you're yeah. sick well i'm not actually oh, no, sick the i'm level, recovering i know the level yeah. the your the bar for what it health is <laughs> gets dramatically low ryan Ooh, it's got it's gotten real low it's, it's, yeah, it's like, like you're it's like always i can sick. crawl it's like I, you forgot yeah you forgot you're trying no like pneumonia to no one has pneumonia yeah. yeah yeah well now i know that it's 10 days i'll uh, keep track right. of how i wasn't even days. sure if i was going to be able to do this because my kids were exposed to covid and they were homesick on monday and i was like this could go either way this could i know it was it was like tax back like and forth really, i was like i don't know what's gonna happen here but well, we they woke up the next day and they felt better and nobody had a positive covid test so it all worked out oh, it is it's wow. truly it is truly evidence of moms being the best that mm-hmm. you were here <laughs> thank you thanks for having me bye bye bye, bye you guys